Coming to you from that galaxy far, far away, this is the Star Warriors Podcast. And tonight, this is Chris. And this is Rocco. And Rocco and I are back for another installment of Marvel Comics Star Wars. Yes. But, you know what, buddy? It's uh, it's interesting because this is actually a one year for us. We started this show back in January um, doing the comic side of things. Yep. Uh, we also do our group discussion still, but we've been doing a monthly comic. We're always hoping the other guys will get caught up. We keep prodding them with you know, gaffy sticks and whatnot, but you know, it's, it's, it's been fun and you know, where we're at right now in the comics is exciting and mm-hmm. you know, I'm looking forward to more. Yeah. I, um, I'm a big fan of star Wars comics, which I think is just an obvious thing to say. Um, but regardless, uh, it's been an awesome year and I can't wait for our second year and I can't wait for our star Wars comics. Um, I don't know if this was on your agenda, but I, was it Eye of the Storm dropped today? It wasn't. We haven't been talking about uh, High Republic comics uh, for a little no. bit. We started with them. Yeah. Uh, but at that point where I kind of fell off, and it's funny you bring that up because uh, I've been thinking about picking up the Rising Storm. I have it sitting next to me at my desk. And I just, you know, I want to read it. It's by Kevin Scott, uh, who I I like a lot. So and it's the next chapter and I need to get mm. caught up because I've, I have been enjoying it and I was loving the comics up to that point, but I really didn't want to get into spoilers, but what is it? Martian Rowe is his big origin story is out today, right? The first, first issue is a, is a one shot. It's no, it's the first issue. Um, they're, they're breaking it up. So it's high Republic, high Republic trail of shadows. Mm. And now, and t- today high Republic eye of the storm which are going to be three concurrent um, High Republic stories in that time frame, obviously, um, but but from different points of view and different folks. Sometimes they intertwine, sometimes they don't. Um, honestly, this is making High Republic better. And I read months ago that they were going to do this. They were going to split High Republic into multiple comics. And I've been saying from the beginning that they should have done that earlier. They should have started there. But we're in a good place now. So I know we don't talk a lot about High Republic on this show, but um, I am going to read High Repu- or Eye of the Storm, and I'm going to make my my. I'm going to see if it was as good as everyone's saying it is, which is what I can't wait for. Yeah, the Nile were really the most exciting thing for me in regards to what the High Republic introduced as far as Star Wars. Uh, I really liked the Charles Soule book, Light of the Jedi. I think it was called. And because I like Charles Soule in general, we, you know, with this, this show is basically based around the whole world of comics he's building, Mm -hmm. but it's also awesome because we'll talk about this point in star Wars number 20 of tying into high Republic and making it very concurrent with the stories he's telling between empire and Jedi and just, you know, evolving uh, the canon in general. Exactly. And I think, the way they're weaving it in is really smart. It's not like they're not just pouring it on mm-hmm. like you're, and like you said, we'll talk about it when we talk about star Wars number 20. Um, but 
you know, there's those little pieces that are there and you're like, okay, like, I like this. I like what they're doing here. So yeah, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm liking it, but I can't wait to deep dive tonight. Exactly. Exactly. But let's, uh, let's get to the news from the hollow net first. There's always some fun stuff going on in the star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the high Republic phase two is going to be set 150 years in the past. Apparently, I don't know what that means. I needed to get caught up as I just was talking about. So um, I think that's interesting. Uh, they're really just kind of fleshing this all out. And then I see like a, I see this article pop up my newsfeed about how a Sith Lord could be introduced at this point. Who knows if that's speculation or not, but I'm really excited to see when we do get the big bets. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm curious to know. I mean, I think High Republic is a big picture lead into the Acolyte, which is another big picture lead into Palpatine. And I think that a lot of us want to see where he came from, but I think that they're going to play the long game on it. And I'm excited about that. Like that's smart to me. Like exactly. I want to I want to know about Palpatine's past, but in like three years from now. Like slow play me into it. Ease me in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean when when your favorite scene is like the opera from episode three and the the whole Darth Pelagius thing, everybody wants to see that. And it's Star Wars is about honestly, it's about playing it safe and it's about fleshing out characters that we know, Mm -hmm. but also telling new stories with them. And I'm really excited to see something like that. And I don't see it being any other way. Honestly, it's uh, like agreed. It's too close to the Phantom Menace. It's too close to um, the whole Republic and the Jedi Order at that point. So we know tragic things happen to the High Republic Jedi, uh, especially like kind of what we'll learn in Star Wars 20 tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of wild stuff. Uh, yeah. But you know, let's 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 talk about also what's going on on Disney Plus with the Book of Boba Fett. What an awesome show! Whoo! Uh, it's the show is slow moving, but I think it's going to be a big payoff. It's a crime drama. It, it, it is. It really is. It, and it's uh, we, we were told before this show came out that this is going to be something that we've never seen in star Wars before. And it's true. Um, We've never seen this type of like mafia crime drama in star Wars. We always knew it was there because Jabba the Hutt was always called a gangster. So you knew that Jabba ran, ran some stuff. So now Boba's taking over. And what's beautiful is, is we're getting a new story, but we're also getting a lot of like what Jabba actually did which is something that I've really wanted to know in detail. And I think Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett is really giving us that. And I I'm loving his flashbacks and, and where they're at. And I think the show is very smart. I think the show is very well done, but I'm going to give it my one criticism. You, you want really, me to ask what it is? I mean, if you could, is that what you're waiting for? At least indulge me. <laughs> what is it, Rocco? What is your one criticism? The Book of Boba Fett is only for Star Wars fans. The Mandalorian, the Mandalorian was a great 
was for Star Wars fans, but was also for new people that maybe wanted to get into Star Wars. And I'm not a gatekeeper, so I'm good with that. That's great. That's wonderful. And I'm so happy with the amount of new fans that the Mandalorian brought in. That made me happy. You mean Baby Yoda brought in? Fine. But like we and you and I have had this discussion before. Good. I want more Star Wars fans. So like that's fine with me. So but Book of Boba Fett is for the fans. Friends of mine that are not big Star Wars fans, but really love the Mandalorian cannot get into the Book of Boba Fett. And you know what? I don't blame them. I do. You should have just loved Star Wars from the beginning. Well, that's, I mean, I think that goes without saying. That goes without saying. But yeah. The Emperor is not as forgiving as I am. You know what, man? I I get it. And I want people to enjoy it. But I also don't want, like, Star Wars spoon-fed to me for the casual fan. Yeah. Like, what they're doing in this show is exactly what they do in the comics, what they do in books, when they can flesh out scenarios that fans have wanted to see. And now we have this medium this wonderful medium that like when I watch this show and I know that they're filming on that small stage that the infinity stage or whatever they call it, the uh, volume, the volume, it blows my mind. I, because you, you see it and then you let your eyes deceive you after that. Mm -hmm. It's because you know what's going on. And then you're like, wow, they've done this so well. And then they deliver like pure star Wars is, um, is, that like last week's episode, uh, dances with Tuscans or dances with Banthas or dances with Banthas. That was one of the best Star Wars things I've ever seen in my life, honestly. And I, you know, it's 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 because I have certain expectations for what Star Wars is mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. and I'm and it's not that I want to be a gatekeeper about things, but there are certain like prerequisites you have to meet to be a Star Wars like. Star Wars to me. Agreed, agreed. But I also like what they're doing with the allegories, and Star Wars has always been an allegory. So you have the, the Tuscans are the Native Americans, period. That's what it's exactly what they're going for is a Native American allegory. And it fits if you think about how the Tuscans are talked about all through Star Wars, even back in 77, the original Star Wars. They're they're just mindless creatures. They're violent. And and it's this tribalism. And they were there first. So they're like the Native Americans. They're actually not mindless animals. They are people. They're they're important. You know, what was really amazing to me was when they first reintroduced them in the Mandalorian. And they were doing like sign language mm-hmm. and they realized it was like a lot more than just, you know, like mindless murderers, even in, I mean, you see the tribal life in even episode two when, you know, when Anakin goes and slays them, but they're still kind of, you know, just being made out as villains. Mm-hmm. And what I've always loved about star Wars is cultures. Yes. And, and the fact that, this is even a tie into like Knights of the Republic, which Jake brought up, mm-hmm. and I didn't even realize it. And when I when I looked it up, I was like, "Yeah, that's crazy." And then on this week's episode, they talk about how Tatooine used to have was a water planet, yeah, and they just keep reinforcing that whole lore. And that's what I've really liked about this whole thing is that these shows that you know Favreau and 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 Filoni and and crew have been a part of and been developing are the real is real Star Wars. Yes. And I hate saying like the word real for me, a lifelong fan. 
and having these things made by mm-hmm. a lot of fun fans for the fans, like you said mm-hmm. about this Boba Fett show. Yeah, it's hard to get into, but if you get a little bit more into Star Wars and you do some reading and you watch and you, I don't know though, too, because it was like we were kids and yeah. you see Boba Fett for the first time. And it's like this crazy, impressionable figure who mm-hmm. has no screen time as like a throwaway character, you know? So it's, I don't know, it's, it's tough to like it's turn armor. nostalgia. It is his armor too. And then uh, Filoni just makes it even better. Yeah. And that's the thing is like Filoni and there's this great meme and it's these two little kids playing with Star Wars toys and are super excited playing with their Star Wars toys. And it's captioned with John Favreau and Dave Filoni making the Mandalorian. And they're just like, yes, that's yes. That's what it is. That's what I imagine it is. And that's fantastic because Favreau and Filoni are Star Wars fans. So, yes. And with Book of Boba Fett, dude, when uh, Black Kurrstan, 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 I have known how to say his name since today. Yeah, well, Fennec says it when Fennec said it, it was even the, to me. Even the twins said it. And I was like, the first time I was like, oh, yeah, that is how it's pronounced. Yeah. And I always looked at it like weird, like Kurrstan or Kurrstan. Or yeah. or I don't know why. Maybe maybe I can't read that well, but I I was really able to make out the phonetics on this one. I was hooked on phonics, Rocco. You you have to be. You you gotta be with a lot of these Star Wars names. But I will have to Absolutely. say this of the entire episode today, and listen, spoiler alert if we haven't done enough already, but spoiler alert if you haven't watched it, but watch it. Um, is when Danny Trejo who so I Two seconds on Danny Trejo, and I know I said you could have more than two seconds. We we have a short show of comics, so we can talk all we want right now. That's fair. Um, Danny Trejo has no business being in Star Wars. (laughs) Then what? Then Danny Trejo shows up as a Rancor keeper, and now all I want is more Danny Trejo as a Rancor Keeper in Star Wars. I just want so much more of that. I want to know all about that. And that's all I want to know about. Danny Trejo, I love you. And I've always loved you in every movie you've ever been in. Um, and I always, you're the last person I would ever think that would be in my beloved Star Wars. And the way you were cast, I, it was literal perfection. And it, I'm, I'm so happy, but his line that blew my mind is when he said, they said that the witches of Dathomir rode rancors. And as soon as he said that my whole body went, (laughs) like like for those of you that don't know, that is a deep cut in uh, clone wars and has a lot of implications with Darth Maul. So when he just said that, I mean, not just Darth Maul, but uh, um, my brain just died. Asajj Ventress. Asajj Ventress. Yeah, Darth Maul. Before Maul's that. Asajj. Yeah. I, um, I've mentioned this book on the show previously, but there was a EU book that came out kind of in the beginning. It was Courtship, Courtship of Princess Leia, which is kind of like a book that a lot of people would stay away from, maybe based on the title at that time or whatever. But it's an amazing story and it introduced the uh the witches of Jaffamir and writing rancors and stuff like that. So that's always been oh, wow. part of Star Wars lore, which is a beautiful thing. And it's the fact deep. that 
Boba Fett wants to ride a Rancor. I can't wait to see that because I'm going to piss my pants probably. Oh, yeah. I'm going to wear diapers uh, during that episode. That's because... a good idea. That's a good idea. I'm going to take you up on that one. You, you may think that you're cool, but you're not cool. Boba Fett in full armor riding a Rancor. You're just not that cool. I'm going to cry. Yeah. I'm going to cry. Like, I probably want to. I'll probably have to call it a work if I watch it in the morning. So I'll watch, I'll watch it. I'm going to watch it naked. <laughs> that's just i don't even know what that means but i'm just gonna take all my clothes off that's what it means it, it means yeah. you have to take your clothes the, off the kids it. the kids will be gone and i will be why, home dad alone. why are you watching this show naked why are Go you school. here i brought right? you to school how are you here ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, amazing uh, amazing yes daddy treo has joined the star wars universe to our delight as you can see uh but you know, I, I I keep waiting. I keep waiting for Cure to show up. I know. And I know it's wishful thinking, but the rumor mill, of course, got churned. I think they probably listened to our episode last month, of course. Uh, Disney's avid, our avid listeners. Right, exactly. So um, the re- latest rumor is that Kira will get a D-plus show. This may still be the whole Darth Maul animated show that they've been talking about. And Amelia Clark may voice her you know in an animated show that shows where she goes off to because she goes dark after solo yeah you know unless they're gonna like remake what they just did which i don't think so they're not gonna just adapt this right away you have suspicions i have suspicions that she doesn't survive crimson rain or the hidden empire or maybe she does and she shows up at the end of book of boba fett and we're Mm -hmm. all wrong which i would love but the rumor is that she may be getting her own show. That was long-winded, wasn't it? No, I mean, it, it, well, it was not. <laughs> I, I loved all of it. But no, I think, first of all, animated. Do we know? Are we talking like like animated, like Clone Wars Rebels? Or are we talking like, we just don't know? It was a, it was a rumor that had been floating around, I don't know, a couple of months ago even. Uh, oh, yes, around the Disney Plus day. There was a rumor that there could possibly be a show about Darth Maul mm-hmm. and his Crimson Rain time or whatever. So not Crimson Rain, but Crimson Dawn time. Yeah, yeah. I'm I I mean, yeah. And you know, I'd love to know more around the solo time and, and after that. I just think that there was a huge miss. There's a huge miss that there hasn't been a show or a movie yet that just starts right when Darth Maul tells Kira, meet me on Dathomir. Or where, you know, Han Solo and Chewbacca go off for this great scheme. And since Boba Fett's really popular right now, they should do the solo sequel with Boba Fett. Why does Boba Fett have such a vendetta against Han Solo? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Both stories are harvestable and the fans want them. And I love the movie Solo. Yes, it's one of the best Star Wars movies. The Star Wars stories movies are the best ones. Yeah. And for the fans. Yeah, they're so good. Just so good. But what, what, exactly. we, got, what do we got next on the, the Holonet? Holonet is shut down. Okay. Time, unless you have something. I, I have no more Star Wars news. Um, no, just uh, I, was, I was talking to the Weef this evening, and we were discussing how my son is uh, really taken by the Mandalorian, and he's two years old. Um, and, uh, it's pretty awesome. 
It's a, it's a pretty awesome thing. You should get him that Boba Fett nerf gun. No, if that I will, that was a collector's item. Um, <laughs> a new one? Yeah, the new one that just came out. It's like I limit- buy my son a hundred dollar Nerf gun, Chris. Shut up. Well, no, I mean, no. buy myself it. He, I'll shoot my boy with it. <laughs> he sleeps. He sleeps with a stuffed Grogu every night. So that's a point. So of you're pride. shaping him. Yeah, he's got a little Grogu. He always no, give me Grogu, and he's like little, you know, little kid just trying to sleep with a stuffed Grogu, and I'm all about that life. So yeah, but good let's life. let's get in comics let's do it let's do it we have a uh we have a four episode or a four episode see four issue month because we decided yeah. to talk about crimson rain in december so we did. if you want to listen to us rant and rave about uh the latest event from uh charles soul's trilogy check out last month's episode uh but you know it's it's interesting because I like how some of these stories have diverged Mm -hmm. and evolved out of War of the Bounty Hunters. And so let's let's start it right up with Star Wars number 20. It's called Dangerous Lessons. It's written by Charles Soule, art by Marco Castiello, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters by Clayton Cowles. The fun thing about this comic is that we've always wondered about how Luke got so much stronger in the force Mm -hmm. between empire and Jedi. I mean, he was, he is the son of Anakin Skywalker, so we can give him a little slack there, but I love what they did with this, uh, this month's issue. I mean, with, we mentioned Charles soul, of course, as usual, and his storytelling across these different timelines or um, time eras, I should Mm say has been really impactful on canon yet at the same time it's nothing where i'm upset or i say this doesn't work yeah it's smart it's extremely smart yeah. uh so let's let's just say we pick up from last last month's issue we're on al dolim mm-hmm. uh luke had you know luke had that that find was it a wayfinder or uh a holocron found a jedi hol- holocron and um it ends up being yoda Yes, yes. And I love that he does talk about Dagobah, um, which I thought was cool. Um, And he's listening to Yoda in the holocron. And like Yoda's just saying the same stuff that he said to him on Dagobah. And like Luke is like pretty much like I already seen this episode. Like that was kind of like his attitude towards it. Like I'm trying to learn more, find a holocron. And it's the same damn thing that I was already told months ago when I was on Dagobah. I also like that he said months ago because that that starts to establish what has been a murky timeline between Empire and Jedi. I always was suspect that was a year. Uh, that's what I was always understood in at least, you know, the expanded universe was about a year. Um especially with the events of shadows, the empire and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because he's, he's getting frustrated. Right. And all I can hear is like Obi-Wan saying patience, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which he had just, you know, he had dealt with at the end of empire and brushing off quote unquote. And we get a lot of those references as well of Mm -hmm. kind of how 
the force works and kind of showing you the future. Exactly. Exactly. And then Yoda finally says something new and, and mentions other force sensitive places. Virgences. Virgences. That's right. Um, I did like the Hark to Rogue One when he mentioned Jeddah. And what I loved is that Luke didn't want to go there because Luke knew that there was an Imperial presence there. And I think that that is, I think that's cool. Um, although the city was wiped out um, from Rogue One, the planet's still there. Yes. I do want to, I, you know, I want to mention, like, it would be interesting to see in New Republic time, like, Luke go back to Jeddah and try to restore what what was there to see if he could reawaken the force or something like that. And like the guardians, the wills and all that stuff. Yeah. I would love to read a comic about that. I'd be totally into that. No, no, I'd totally be into that. But then he, what he goes to this planet. I forgot what it's called. I can look at, look look it up. Gazian. Gazian something that's so wet. He's, he's told about three spots. He's told about the Jedi temple on Coruscant, Mm -hmm. the living sea of Gazian and Jeddah. So it's like a sea of shrooms. It's kind of wild. That's what it looks like. Yes. It's just all these like mushrooms. And then he falls through and he starts tripping balls. It's kind of wild that, that they made it like this. I, it's a living planet, like say like ego, you know, mm-hmm. or um, uh, Mogo from DC even. So it's, it's funny that they, that they made this place it was such a heavy force issue mm-hmm. and we've had so much other action. We've been a- away from this, this, this continuation of mm-hmm. what the force is and what it is. Luke Skywalker. And as, just to circle back to how does he get that much more powerful? And the fact that Charles soul brings in the spirit basically of Elzar man from the mm-hmm. high Republic is extremely intelligent mm-hmm. Because I, I don't feel like it's ill-placed at all. And how does Luke get this guidance? You know, wh- how does he decide to be the Jedi that he's going to be? He's, he, doesn't, he doesn't have an order to learn from. His master was killed. He's found out that his enemy is his father, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's got this big mindfuck going on. And it's, yeah. it's, it's wild to see him get inf- like advice from a Jedi from the high Republic time. Yeah, exactly. I think that there's two very important things. Well, Elzar, right? That's his name. El Elzar, Elzar man. Okay. Elzar man. Well, he's communing. We'll call, we'll say it communing with Elzar man. There's a few important things. Um, number one, I really like that. He's like, no, I, I didn't die here. I was here and I left, but a part of me stayed. And this is the part of me that stayed. Number one. Number two, if you notice the changing backgrounds while they're speaking, one of the backgrounds is Aktu. Yep. Um, which I thought was freaking brilliant. Brilliant. And number three was that Alzar made it clear to Luke that like the force doesn't just have to be the Jedi or the Sith. Like it's the first time we know of that. Luke is told that there are other practitioners of the force. You don't necessarily need to be a Jedi. And I really, I love that. 
Yeah, it was extremely, extremely powerful. And another another splash page was when they showed who else had been there. It was like Qui Gon mm-hmm. and Yoda had been there, and all these important characters through the Force mm-hmm. that have had you know Elzar Man is already like a fan favorite and extremely influential Jedi of that time. So it's great to do this weaving of the mm-hmm. stories as as we mentioned, and you know a lot of people. People have been like, oh, well, and I'll say people because it's the same people that complain probably about the book of Bubba Fett mm-hmm. and then complain about the High Republic. Like, if if you don't think this is Star Wars, I, I don't know what you should be doing, but probably go watch something else. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Go freaking go to hell um, to those people that don't get it. But it's just those little and those little nods too to High Republic, like yep. when they flash back to show the Jedi um, Temple on Coruscant. The ships were the High Republic ships. Yep. And I love that. It wasn't like it wasn't like oh the High Republic. It was just like there's a ship there, and it's a High Republic era ship. So you're able to kind of put that together. And again, this lends to the genius. This book was so good. Yeah, I was afraid I wasn't going to read it. It was out. It was out today. We recorded this on what? What is today? Uh, January twelfth. Yes, the twelfth. So Wednesday. The December books were a little late due to the holidays, of course, and supply supply chain issues. I'm sure. So, um, but perfect timing, nonetheless. Yeah. So our 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 show will be more on time than usual. Yes, because of this. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Exactly. Um, It's beautiful too. Like I love this cover. Yes, I I have noticed that they they've taken a new art style for this new art, mm-hmm. and I think it's important to do that kind of stuff uh, when it comes to comics because if everything looks the same, it's boring. Yeah, that's not yeah. what comics are about, you know. So yeah, and the artwork was beautiful in this book. Beautiful artwork. Yep. yep. But I mean, on, ongoings, I should say. Yeah. Not minis and and whatnot. So. Yeah. Well, of course. Wait, he does get a book. He gets a book at the end of the, oh, that's uh, right. the issue. Because he, he gets surrounded by like dead bodies. Yeah. Um, like the skeleton's holding a book. So we're going to find out what it is. They say something about an invitation. So it's just, you know, getting you to buy next month's issue, of course. But yeah, I'm excited and I will be. So. I honestly, I'm going to speculate that that's one of the books that Luke had on Ock 2. There you go. And I also think that he's, I don't think, when we meet Luke in The Force Awakens and then The Last Jedi, don't think that's the first time Luke's been to Ock 2. I think he's going there in the next issue. We shall see. We'll find out. It would be really interesting to see if he starts, sets up shop before Return of the Jedi even happens. Yeah. Next up uh, is Darth Vader number nineteen. It's 19. Dark Order. Yeah, we're we're getting in high numbers here. I wonder how long we'll go. I think the last issues got up to like eighty, maybe. Oh, damn. I think that's a high Star Wars got. Yeah. Uh, it's called Dark Order. My Greg Pack, art by Gu Villanova, uh, colors by Alex Sinclair, and letters by Joe Caramagna. Yes. Yes, yes. This was a very um, 
this was full of action, a lot of action. Mm-hmm. And um flashbacks. The flashbacks, yes. The flashbacks are they're they're pretty great. But anyway. The only thing standing between us and chaos. Order through power. Only thing standing between us and chaos. Yes. So order. And this is what he's been talking about. Uh and we we really see his mindset come into play last issue. And he's on this new thing where yeah, he's playing ball with the with the emperor. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I am your number two, but he's ready to <laughs> take over. He doesn't. He's tired of this chaos that the emperor Darth Sidious brings, and now he has Valance in his uh, under his wing, if I may. And yeah. it's interesting that Valance show up in this issue. Yes, it's it's, and I I like um. Valence and Ochi's kind of like back and forth. Like, uh, I just, I'm just kind of flipping through right now. Just Ochi, you know, I'm Ochi of Bastoon and this is Valence. And he's like, it's Valence. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's not Valence. Yeah. Like, calls him Balance. Valence. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, but I just like, you know, Ochi doesn't care about this guy at all. And Ochi is such a sycophant boot bootlicker. It's well then, but then again, is he because of the right. whole Crimson Dawn thing? So he plays the good one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I have it written right here. Ochi is an asshole. That's that's my notes on him. His eyeballs look like assholes, like actual <laughs> assholes. That's why he has so much hate in him. Remember, that's why he joined the dome. <laughs> yeah, I took your eyes. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then you know, Vader attacks stormtroopers. Yeah, that kind of blew my mind. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting because we we were kind of introduced to Vader in the eyes of of these people on this planet as a hero. Yes, of this this savior who's come to you know, rescue them. And it's weird because he plays into it with that scene and those panels. And I'm just, I stepped back for a second. I was like, what is he doing? And then of course it's Crimson Dawn. So, or of course. Well, yeah, exactly. But like, I just like this, I'd have to say the best book is star Wars, which we already talked about this month. Um, but this Vader was it was up and down and and just so much. It just felt like a lot going on. You got the flashbacks. You have Ochi and, and Valence are there. You mean balance? Balance. Yes, exactly. It was just like there was a lot going on in this issue. I'm not mad about it, but like. I understand. You know what I mean? Like it's been so concentrated in the uh, storytelling and, and lore building from such a like power point of view. And now we had questioned at war with war, war of the bounty hunters, how would Vader tie in? And, and they did a good job with that. Yes. But now it's like, he's on like, he's on a mission mm-hmm. and they're tying it in so much to like bounty hunters itself with balance mm-hmm. and the whole crimson rain storyline that maybe it's, it's, it's great, but at the same time, I kind of liked what they were doing with Vader, where it was a little bit more story driven than means to an end or a MacGuffin. 
Yeah, or like just about Vader. Like the yes. reason I read Vader is because it's about Vader's journey um from fall to redemption. Yep. And we're far from redemption, you know, but we're getting a great story. But at the same time, it's like, you know, there's so many moving parts in this story where we're at right now, where I feel like they're losing Vader as the main character. Like he's, he's appearing less in his own comic line. I agree. They're doing a lot of fan, like fan service to these other characters who do need more roots. Like Ochi, they really want to build balance and these are these are smart ideas but i will offer this we see vader's turn from the emperor you know when he in empire strikes back to begin with Mm -hmm. but like this whole mindset of his throughout these comics is kind of consistent as well i mean he's going after after chaos Mm -hmm. like he knows he's on a mission and i think he knows everything like one day he'll just like he'll probably let Ochi go or Ochi will escape, but he'll probably know everything that Ochi has done. Mm-hmm. So Vader is the master manipulator, the master warrior, the master, everything. He's tactician, pilot. Exactly. Tactician is, I think the more important word. Exactly. <clears throat> That's what I was looking for. And so how do we get to the point where Vader is, is so, I guess has moved away so much from the emperor that he eventually, you know, betrays him and comes back to the good side because does chaos overtake his, like he has this order mindset, Mm -hmm. but with all this chaos around him, does it allow Anakin Skywalker to resurface and, you know, do the right thing? Because now he has Luke as an influence. Exactly. And we see the full redemption and return of the Jedi. Like we know it happens. And that's one thing I love about Star Wars is we know a lot of the ends, but we don't know a lot of the means. We don't know a lot of the roads that got us there. And I think that the way they explore that is amazing. And I think the comics do the best job of that, of any other medium. And also doing crazy action scenes like Vader rolling out on a giant ball droid. Like, I don't even know that scene. There's so many crazy scenes that they've done in these comics where it's just like, I wish I could see that in live action or his cartoon (laughs) or something, but they do wild, wild stuff. And it's a lot of fun. And it is always push people to read these comics. Yes. Honestly, like read Darth Vader, just read it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to read two things, read star Wars and Darth Vader from the beginning, this time era and probably the, well, there won't be a Vader after this time era, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, let's um, let's jump to our first commercial, and then we'll be back with more Star Warriors. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly, focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed. Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. 
Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes, too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture. Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the campfire chats. A DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. Thank you for waiting for us. We are back like a couple of womp rats hanging out doing womp rat things. This is Rocco. And this is Chris. That was really lackluster, but that's no, okay. it was great. I was I was really kind of happy you thanked them for waiting for us. Because <laughs> if they made it through those first two issues, they can make it through the next two. Yeah, and I hope that you've read them and then you're listening to us and I hope that you're talking back to us <laughs> even though we can't hear you. I do that when I listen to podcasts a lot. I feel like I should be part of the conversation. So don't hold back. But the, <laughs> ne- <laughs> but the next issue that we're going to talk about is uh, Bounty Hunters. Star Wars Bounty Hunters, number 19, Saks, Box, and Valenza. That's right. And letters by Laneham. It's called Flight of the Dark Squadron. And I thought this was cool because they set up another neat tie squadron that we know of. Uh, and I think that's a very Star Wars thing to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's let's kind of start where we are where we're at where this book picks up because we have this issue with Valance. He's been basically captured by Darth Vader when he's built by the Empire. Uh, all of his cybernetic parts replaced by synthetic human parts, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I love, I love, 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 love. And that's because I'm going to bring it up again. The solo movie, we, I had just watched it again. And in the solo movie, it's, you know, we're shipping you off to the Naval Academy on Karita. And the book opens up to then Imperial Naval Academy Karita. And it's Han and Valence who came up together in the Naval Academy. And I just love that tie back. And I love bam, right in the right in the beginning of the book. First, like what the first page. Yeah. No, exactly. They're headed to a uh, Sicoli lecture, who is Valance's hero. He's the one that convinced him, you know, last issue, we've we learned that he convinced him to join, join the Empire. And then it's funny, because in this issue, it's really like, you don't want to meet your heroes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I love that the end of the last issue is, it's Vader that commands him to kill this guy. Yes. Right, exactly. And he's and this is the whole thing where um it's I I think it's kind of a wild storyline because yes. it does do a good job tying into solo, and that's exactly what I thought when I was reading it as well. I I love that um that you brought that up. And they're like, You'll never you'll never fly a tie. Yeah, and here he is with the tie defenders, if I'm correct. Yep, and Dark Squadron, and Dark Squadron, and that's uh, if I'm correct, the Re- Rebels. That's a that's a callback to Rebels, right? I don't know. I know the Tide Defenders show up in that show, right? Yeah, it was a uh, they, they were do there was a factory for Tide Defenders mm-hmm. on Lothal, and it was overseen by Thrawn. 
Um, and I just, I think it's cool to kind of see them, you know, in, in that it's, it's pretty neat. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think bounty hunters, I've always said this is action porn. And I think it really, I think it really came back to that, especially with the, the tie fighter dog fight, I think was fantastic. It absolutely was. Um, and also we get to see our other team and there's a little banter from all of them. And it's funny to like watch Tasu Leach and Bosk exchange like threats. Uh, but it's, it's great because it looks like they're being uh four Lam or four Elam or whatever the hell they want to call them uh, back into this whole uh, storyline. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it, there's a lot of stuff going on and a lot of different characters. And every time I'm like watching book above a fed, I'm like, when are we going to see any of these people? Yeah, no, I agreed. Aliens, um, droids included. Of course. And we, I just, I do love too, that we saw, you know, we already saw black Kurisantan, Kurisan, Kurisantan, Kurisantan. We saw I'm one him. day old since I learned it. To say that. There you go. No, it's, um, you know, we already saw him, you know, are we going to see valence? I don't know. Is he even alive still? I don't know. Um, you know, uh, when is Fennec going to be like, you're just like your sister? And Boba <laughs> just goes, you know, like, I don't know. Are we going to have that ever? But no, I, I mean. Yes, it's all connected. It's, it has to be. It should um, be. It should be. Um, but anyway, um, no, I, I think that this was this was a very smart book. And I do love how valence is like i'm taking a shortcut as he's speeding into the bridge of the star destroyer uh, wow yeah to the beastie boys theme yeah i can yeah. hear sabotage as usual yeah. yep yeah pretty uh, much. i love that you know he takes out sakoli mm-hmm. and then vader was like there was no connection just dissatisfaction and he says valence is ready so we learn how like i said he's the master manipulator uh to get valence to kill his mentor yeah yeah it's it's wild and he's just like no there was no connection to crimson dawn i just was not happy with him i could have choked him but i i had my man valence take care of it pretty much Pretty much. Um, I will have to say, though, that there's something I've enjoyed between the last book and this book is Bosk slowly growing his legs back. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think that that is so smart because he's a transition. I love transitions because I love transitions because they freak me out. Um, and especially in the book of Bubba Fett. I was like, did you guys use like sock puppets for these guys? They're, I, nothing against them. It's just they look extra freaky. Like, yeah. And, you know, the one um, what was his name um, that came to see Boba Fett in the first episode? Yeah, Yeah, it was voiced by uh, Robert. He was voiced by Rodriguez by um, the director. Jesus, my brain. Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yes. It's hard (laughs) to say, but he voiced him. And Matt Barry is AD8, the torture droid. That's Matt Barry. Who is Matt Barry? From what we do in the shadows, Laszlo. Oh, okay. Yep. I love Laszlo. I'm waiting for this droid to tell us 
about everything in the movie that looks like a vagina. <laughs> I mean, that's the same. That's the same drug we were introduced in Return of the Jedi. Yes, yes, and that's and what it, I. It's what I love about this whole show. Yes, but I love that it's also Matt Barry. Yeah, you know Jackie Daytona. You know Laszlo. Like I love. Have, do you seen what we do in the shadows? Not enough of it. Oh my god, he does. He does a whole segment where he's like, "I'm really into gardening and botany, and I do <laughs> I do a lot of um, trimming." And you look at all the bushes on the premises, and they're all different shapes of vaginas. And it's hilarious because now he's this droid in Book of Boba Fett. And that's all I can think about. <laughs> I will take up that show when I'm done with my Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, marathon. That's fair because that's a great show. But what we do in the shadows is probably the best new comedy on television, period. But anyway, he voices AD8, and it's I love, I love it, I love that. Awesome, awesome. Anyway, yeah, no, it's it's all connected, like like we said. I um, I I'm really excited to see what happens with this whole balance thing, and like I said, with the Darth Vader issue, it's interesting that they're really crossing over this this hardcore. Um, it's not what we expected. It's not exactly what we want, but it is action porn, as you said, and we're along for the ride. Absolutely. Uh, but let's uh, let's close out this episode with Doctor Afra number seventeen, uh, Evocations. Mm-hmm. Writer Alyssa Wong, art by Maniko Jung, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters by Joe Caramagna. What a great cover! Yes, I know. Uh, I wish our I wish our Listeners could be viewers, but I I don't have enough time to do YouTube videos. It's too much. It's too it much. I'm too old for this. I can talk into a microphone, but I can edit. I just it takes me forever. I'm I'm too old school. Yeah, uh, and I have a job that'll do it. Day yeah. job, I should say that I actually have to go to. I have to say. <laughs> As a man, have you ever been so afraid, so aroused by a woman? And that's Domina Tag. That's what she wants. It's like Sharon Stone from the 90s. Yes. She would play that role. Or even Charlize Theron today. Yes. Yes. Certain. Yes. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I am. I love the show Workaholics. And, one, and they have a lot of great vocab that comes out of that show. And one of them was like, have you ever been so afraid, but like super into it? I call that a fear erection. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Domina Tag, I think, really does that. And I loved I love her in these books. I want more of her in them. And I don't mean like in a perverted way. I mean, like I love her dialogue. I love what she says. I love how smart she is. I love how she runs this family and she's gorgeous. She's beautiful. I'm glad. I'm glad you clarified that. I'm also hoping that you read these Dr. Afford issues at night. So mostly when I'm alone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so Ronan Taj is back. Yes. But what is, what is the strength of Taj? They've, the amazing thing is it's like, again, the story weaving and placing these 
these names into the canon and then making readers realize how important they are because you learn really again how influ- like how important it was for the Taj Corporation to keep the empire afloat. Without them, there was no ships, no money, no anything. It was just like this big corporate conglomerate that evil corporations, as we've always kind of feared mm-hmm. for the future, are now really kind of coming to light in our Star Wars universe. Exactly. And what I love, too, is that Tag is a character. He, the patriarch, Tag, is goes back to 1977. Right. That's, a, that's yep. a character. He was the one sitting at the table during the staff meeting when Vader choked one of them out. Um, but he was the one that was like, if the rebels have a, a readout of this station, they can find a weakness and they will exploit it. And they were the ones telling him to shut the hell up. But he was the only one. He evacuated Death Star. Right. He but, lived through it. Yes. He evacuated the Death Star when the rebels attacked it because he was smart enough to know if they have a technical readout, they will figure out how to destroy this thing. I don't care how big it is. And he bounced. And that was smart. I also loved how they made him an antagonist to Vader in the early comics. Yes. Right? Yes. Here in Gillen comics. I love that they that they made him part of that because that set this up eventually as well to the influence of his family. Yes. And what I love, too, is that with the Empire, you get a lot of sycophants. You get a lot of bureaucrats. He was neither of those. Mm-hmm. He was a he was a brilliant tactician, almost to the level of Vader. He was able to challenge Vader, and I'm sorry, but I think a lot of that is telling and understanding your enemies. And it felt like he always understood the rebellion. And what I love is that they really, again, deep cut from '77 in the original film is, is when he's speaking at that table, they took that little sound bite and they created an entire personality and family around that. And I think that that is solid and good writing. hundred percent. I it's, and that's, that's the thing when people write off the comics as just fan fiction, I get really upset, but then like black curse, Kersantin shows up on Book Above Fett, and you're like, oh, all of a sudden it matters. So I would heavily suggest people check out the comics and just at least give a couple of titles a, a chance. So absolutely. On to the other part of this this comic, which yes. was fun, uh comedic as well, because we find out that Dr. Afra actually has a sworn nemesis, Kofan Ferris. And at first I was like, what, what is going on? And then it just like breaks down into like fairly intelligent humor where Afra's like, yeah, she's, she's nobody to me or she's not my nemesis. I I don't know who she is, but it's, it's funny because I've been waiting for this comic to kind of hook me. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking about artifacts and it's funny now that we have these, um, like the Dowser and and other things that have been introduced. What is what is this this sect that we're making these based on Jedi powers? I forgot what that was. Oh, what were they called? Hang on. Um, uh, I can I can find it. As you do that, the they ascendant, come up, the ascendant, the ascendants, exactly. 
And there's a new one called The Whip of Sorrows. Yes. I uh, just love how she's like, she's a wannabe Sith. Like, she literally. Yes. She's pretend or no, she's a, pretending to be a Jedi. And they make fun of her for it. Yeah. Like, they're just ripping on this poor woman. But she has ascendant technology, which gives some force usage, I guess. Right. It tries the build. The, what were they called? The ascendant. The ascendants try to replicate Jedi powers through these artifacts. Yes. So when are we going to see these characters show up in the High Republic? Because when does this happen? We've said this before. Yes. Yes. I wanted this. I want this to tie the old Republic. You've been asking, you've been begging for them to say, let's do some fun stuff with Afra and mm-hmm. tie it back to the higher Republic. Yes. And I wouldn't be surprised if this doesn't happen because they they've listened to this episode or our past it, episodes. It, they would right? have had to. I, I think Disney exactly. Disney's like a huge fan of ours. And that's great. I love having Disney as a fan. Mickey Mouse, if you're listening, we love you. Right. Um, no, but in, in all seriousness, um, no, I, I love that. And I think, it, like you said, the comedy was very smart here because it was like, I don't know who she is, but she pretends to be a Jedi. She follows me <laughs> around. I don't know. You know, she's crazy that she's a crazy woman. And she is. She's insane. And there's that what there's some kind they find some weird. It's like a like a some kind of I don't know. She's got arms. Just arms. Like I, uh, not arms. Like if you're listening to this, not arms. Like show guns, me, like arms, like people's arms, in some kind of a ritual that she's doing. I'm trying to like find a good picture. Oh yeah, right here where she's like commanding all the arms to attack. Oh them. yeah, I was like, why are all these hands like just sitting around? Yeah, it like, was some kind I- of ritual. <laughs> that she was performing to activate the ascendant technology was you need to do some kind of dark ritual or something along those lines. And this reminds me of what we saw from the quantum dream game trailer that we saw that won't be coming out for a couple of years, but those weird characters we've never seen before, like beating on the drums, Mm -hmm. very ritualistic. I, I, I really want all of this to tie together and make sense. And, Maybe this is alluding to that. Maybe this is who we're going to get. I mean, 200 years is a long time for the High Republic. There's got to be more than just the Nile versus the Jedi the whole time, right? There's got to be worse threats. There's got to be more stories to tell than just that. So I'm really excited to see where they take this. And I'm hoping that they do go along with this whole idea of tying in Dr. Aphra to the High Republic because it would be the smartest thing ever. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, I just, I really think that from the beginning, there should have been High Republic and then Afra, and then you see something happen in High Republic and then Afra uncovers it thousands of years later, whatever the hell it is. That could be but coming. Yeah, maybe it is. And, and hopefully it is. But um, no, this was a good, um, Afra's up and down. And we've talked about that. If you've been yeah. listening to us for the past year. Afra has been up and down. That was a good book. That was a that was a good issue. A good tie into Crimson Rain as well is the the appearance of the archivist, archivist, however yes. you uh, pronounce your English words, at the end of the issue. So 
this all tying into the overall story that's being told, I would like them to kind of let go of Dr. Afra and let that comic do its own thing. Mm-hmm. But we shall see how the story unfolds, I guess, because it's not as intense as what they're doing in Vader with Crimson Dawn. It's just kind of why is the archivist in like involved in this side of things? She's obviously involved in the, like something with the dark side of the force, you know? Yeah. And I did see an upcoming variant cover of the archivist standing next to Yoda. Oh, well, I have to get that. one. So, you know, I, uh, I checked that out today using my new pull box website, uh, but yeah, I saw that cover and I was like, that's very interesting. And then I selected it for pre-order. So it's exciting stuff. That sounds really user-friendly. It's not the most user-friendly site, uh, but I, I think I navigated it. And one thing I learned is I have a problem when it comes to comic books. I have 43 subscriptions, Chris. If you really need counseling, it's about five cents an hour for me. So, oh, okay. Like I've I've been through it. I I live it still. So anytime you want to you want to talk shop, you let me know. Put it on my I'll tab. You. All you got to do is like grade one comic that's worth money, and it's paid for most of it. So it's good. There you go. That'll work. People are collectors, my friend. Nothing wrong with it. Yes. Geek out. Geek out. Um. Anyways, it's a great show. Great month of comics. Uh. We're. We're going to be getting Crimson Rain 2 uh, next episode, so look forward to that, yes. along with the rest of January's books. Uh, so tune in, and also tune in next month. We'll be doing a Book of Boba Fett rundown for the whole season. As you can tell, we are already impressed uh, by how long we talked about it in the pre-show here. Uh, and I don't know. It's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Do you, do you have anything you want to plug, my friend? Um, yes, uh, Critical Mass is coming back. Um, we're let's see, uh, where have you been? We've well, we went on a short hiatus. Um, Dan and I have been dealing with a lot of stuff. Um, so you'll have to forgive us. We have never gone this long before between seasons. Um, but a lot of things kind of uh came up personally for us. Message and- board says you were canceled. No, we have not been canceled no? yet, but we're hoping oh, oh, we're hoping soon. Um, so I started a petition for that. So yeah, I appreciate that. Um, a lot of different communities. Um, really, what's weird is uh, the Knights of Columbus have really gone hard at us, and I don't really understand why. But Columbus was a dick. They have was. to accept that eventually. He, they'll have to. Um, but yeah, we're going to start up next week um, with our first episode. So uh, stay tuned for that. And then I know you and I do a little show called uh, Listen Up Casuals. And uh, we're going to be working on that. I'm making that a little more regular, maybe. I would love to do that. I, yeah. have, uh, I have yet to put out our Thor episode, which I, I owe the general populace. And I know they're begging for it. So it'll be there. It'll be there soon. It's a great I'm episode. Just, I just, you know, holidays are crazy. Oh, oh my God. It is. Like, you can learn, you can listen about our Spider-Man three speculation that all ended up being true. Yeah. Everything we said was true. Everything it we happened. said. All it of happened. It. The Jedi. <laughs> all of it. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Check out all the great shows on the DFAT Entertainment uh, Podcast Network. 
and check out Star Warriors monthly, bi-monthly, quarterly, however you tune into your podcast. So uh, for everybody out there listening, may the force be with you. And support your local comic shop. Thank you.